this letter written by Paul uh, was written around 60 AD while he was imprisoned in Rome. And there's something interesting about this church in Colossae. And the interesting fact about this church is that Paul didn't plant this church. In fact, as we continue to read through this study, we'll realize that Paul's never met these people face to face. And uh, it, he never met these people. It was a fellow disciple from Colossae who planted this church, and we'll get into who that was here in a bit. And he, he visited Paul in prison, and he's telling Paul about the church and about this major issue that's happening in the church body in Colossae. And so it is to address this issue that's being brought up by this church planner that Paul's writing this letter to the people of this city. And the issue that's growing in this church in Colossae is that very influential but false teachers have worked their way into this church congregation. And these teachers were preaching, thing against, preaching things against Jesus' gospel. Now, they're teaching knowledge over faith. Uh, they're questioning the, origin, the wor- origins of the world. Who created the world? Is there a creator? They're, they're pushing different religious structures like Judaism and paganism, worshiping of many gods, worshiping of idols, worshiping of angels. And so all of this teaching is pulling the church in Colossae away from the gospel, the true gospel. And I think we can relate to this in our context, in our world today. So in this letter, Paul's going to show us the people, uh, us and the people of the church of Colossae, that there is only one answer to the heresy that's being taught by these influencers who are pouring into the church. And that is the one answer that we're going to take away from this entire letter that Paul's writing to the Colossians, this entire book of Colossians. And that is this, that we must be a people rooted in the gospel. As the church, as followers of Christ, as the body of Christ, we must be a people rooted in the good news of Jesus. And so today, we're going to begin that walk through this in chapter 1 and verses 1 through 8. And in this text today, Paul's going to hammer home what the true gospel is, and then more importantly, what effect it has on us who trust in it. For those people who trust in the gospel, what effect does the good news of Christ have on us? And what Paul's going to show us is this, what what the centralized big idea that Paul's showing us is this right here, that the true gospel transforms believers. Big idea from this text that the true gospel Paul's showing us will transform us as followers of Christ. And how does the gospel transform us? How does this true gospel of Jesus transform us as believers? And we're going to dig into that tonight as we dig in here to the text. So let's do that. Colossians 1 verses 1 through 8. Read with me in your Bible. Verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the people laid up, because of the hope, I'm sorry, laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So, in verse 1, we see 
As we, as we walk through this text, verse by verse, we see in verse 1 that who Paul's addressing in this letter. He says, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ. And so these two terms, saints and faithful brothers, they're, they're equivalent. Paul's addressing uh, believers in God, followers of Jesus in the church of Colossae who are, who are the church body in the city. Who the Bible calls saints or, or set apart to God. The word saints meaning set apart ones. And so Paul's going to tell the saints in Colossae, he's going to give them three ways the true gospel has transformed them. And the first way is this. Our first point tonight is this. That the true gospel gives us hope. As followers of Jesus, the true gospel gives us hope. We saw that in verse 4 and 5. Read with me again in verse 4 and 5. Paul says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints... Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. And so we see an example of this hope we have all over God's word, all over the text, all over the Bible. One example of this is in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. And I have it for you here. Uh, chapter 1, 1 Peter verse 3 through 5. Paul says, or sorry, Peter says, Blessed be the, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this hope... That we have is, is an eternity, an eternal life with Jesus. Right? That's the hope laid up for us in heaven. And, and Paul's telling us that this hope both transforms us to be fully faithful to Jesus. Remember, he says uh, in verse 4 through 5, he says, uh, Since you have heard of your faith in Jesus, right? It transforms us to be fully faithful to Jesus, and it drives our hearts to show love for our fellow brothers and sisters. In Christ, And that's what the hope in Jesus will do for us. Again, Paul says, since we heard of your faith in Christ and the love you have for the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And how we know about that hope in heaven is because the truth, the true gospel has told us that truth. Where would we be without this hope? Some of us in the room, in fact, all of us in the room have been without this hope before, haven't we? Before we put our faith in Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross for us, we've all been here without this hope. We had zero hope. And some of us found this hope when we were young, and some of us found this hope recently. And I know people who have found this hope weeks, months, days before they, they passed on. Hear me, church, when I say this to you, the true gospel that Paul is preaching to the church is that without Jesus, we have zero hope. Right, remember, there's an influx of teaching, of knowledge, of thinking during this time in the church of Colossae. All these origins of, of where truth comes from, all these origins of what happens when we die, Paul's saying here, we only have one hope. That's in the true gospel of Jesus. And we will all die. Our time here on earth is very temporary. And it's meaningless without Christ. Without Jesus, 
we have no hope. The true gospel gives us that hope, and Paul tells us that that is why we put our faith solely in what Jesus did on the cross. All of our faith, all of our hope for the future, all of our hope for life after death, it is all put solely on on the faith that Jesus died on the cross for the propitiation of our sins. Right, to make us right with the Lord. And knowing that truth, how does this hope affect our lives? Right, moving forward, okay, we, we see in the text here, we're seeing, okay, we have this hope, it's affecting us, it's giving us hope. It's giving us a, a future of eternal life in Christ. But how does this affect our current lives as we walk on earth today? Well, that brings us to our second point, which is that the true gospel makes us fruitful. Verse 6, the fruit, true gospel makes us fruitful. Read with me. Verse 6 says, The gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. John MacArthur has a, a really good quote uh, here. On this specific text, right from his commentary, MacArthur stated that the gospel produces fruit fruit, both in the internal transformation of individuals and also in the external growth of the church. The true gospel transforms our lives. And when we place our faith in Jesus, it transforms our hearts, transforms everything about us. When we look at our testimony, our, our own God at work story. We start to, and last week we talked a lot about testimony. We start to formulate in our mind what happened, you know, who we were before Christ, this, the event that happened, the day that we put our faith in, in Jesus, and then everything that happened afterward. For all of us who were truly saved, we know that there was a dramatic transformation. Like Paul tells us all throughout the Bible that that old person is dead and you're a new creation. But there's a new creation and then fruit is is bearing out of that new creation. We lead fruitful lives when we live a life dedicated to Jesus. Amen? We will worship Jesus. We'll walk with Him. We'll strengthen our walk with Him. We'll begin to work for Christ. We'll begin to witness for Him and spread the gospel. This life of being a disciple of Jesus is fulfilling to us. It's pleasing to God. And the word tells us it'll bear fruit. It'll strengthen our relationship with the Lord. We'll be able to go out and accomplish the mission and work towards the mission that he's given us as a people following him. So the true gospel transforms us into fruitful individuals, but it also bears fruit in the growth of the church, right? MacArthur's quote says it, it'll show external growth of the church. What's that mean? That's the advancement of his kingdom. The more and more and more that this gospel catches fire, the larger this kingdom of God will get. It will spread. We've been talking about that for for months. What it looks like to to share your faith. And that's how how it works. That's That's how the church will grow, how the kingdom will grow. Paul's third point today is that the true gospel makes us ambassadors. Verses 7 through 8. Read with me again here. Verse 7 through 8. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. 
Now remember something. Now Paul's talking about this guy, Epaphras. Paul has never seen these people he's writing to in Colossae. Right? He's sitting in a prison cell. He's, he's writing a letter in Rome, from a prison cell in Rome. By the way, he's there for the fact that he's a follower of Christ. He's sitting in this cell and he's writing a letter to a people he's never met. He's never met them face to face. Now, Paul planted a lot of churches in this region. Right? All of Asia Minor, Paul's planting churches. But he didn't plant this church. And we found out here in this text who did. It said there was this dude, Epaphras, right? Epaphras heard the gospel. And most theologians who study this story think that he heard the gospel probably in Ephesus. When Paul was planting the church in Ephesus and he heard the gospel be preached. And, and uh, Epaphras went home to his hometown in Colossae and began to preach that same gospel. Right? He was saved. It affected his heart. Went back home. And begin to preach the gospel to the people. And then the church was planted in Colossae. The true gospel will move us to be ambassadors for Christ. To be messengers of the gospel. If you remember, we, we touched on, on this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We, we were in 2 Corinthians 5. Where Paul says, starting in verse 18. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul goes on to say that that is in Christ was God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and then entrusting us the message of reconciliation. And Paul finishes out by saying, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So Paul says that that through Jesus, God reconciled us or himself to us. And then he said, now go spread that message. That message that you can be reconciled to God through Jesus, through what he did on the cross. And the true gospel makes you ambassadors for Jesus. It makes you a messenger for Christ. And all of us are called to be disciples that multiply disciples. And we know that, right? We've been drilling that into our heads for like three years now. We are all called to do this. And it's through the gospel that we are transformed into messengers of the true gospel. So as we round out our time tonight, I want to ask you a question. Have you been transformed? Have you been transformed? And if you have, right, if you've been following Jesus for a while, no matter how many years you've been doing it, maybe you're you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus, And you're asking yourself, have I truly been transformed? But if you have been transformed, you have to ask yourself, are are you living a life that's influenced by the gospel? Is the gospel driving your life? Every day that you wake up is what Jesus did for you on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection. Is it driving you forward to following him, to being closer to him, to loving him, to picking up your cross? Is it pushing you towards hope in all your struggles? Right? The, the word today is telling us that we have hope in the gospel. So in times when we're feeling drowned by darkness, when we're feeling drowned by anxiety, by our job, by money, by stress, by kids, by everything, are we leaning into this hope? Or are we trying to bear this by ourselves? Is your faith in the gospel bearing fruit in your life? Right? If, if I walked into a place where... Would anyone know that I was a Christian, that I was a follower of Jesus? Would anyone know that that the gospel has taken hold of my heart and that I have to speak this 
I have to talk about this. I have to live in a certain way. I have to, to love one another. I have to bear one another's burdens. Is this seeping out of our pores? Is your faith in the gospel pushing you to be an ambassador? A messenger of all that Jesus did to rescue us as sinners into righteousness with him? Is that affecting you? You know, I, I got this person that I really feel like I need to share the gospel with, but I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't know enough. Is the truth of the gospel driving us to do this? So this week, I want to I challenge this church as a church. I want us to lean into the gospel truth this week. That Jesus, out of love and grace for us, was beaten, was hung on the cross, gave his life up, buried in a tomb, raised on the third day. So that we could live eternally through him. He could defeat death for us. All because he loved us. Is that, is that a fire in us. That's driving us forward. Every single day of our lives. Does this affect our heart? Because. This. This is the only true gospel message. That This is the only message. Of any influencer in the world. That leads to us being rescued. From the sin. Rescued from the death that we deserve. This is. This is it. Right, no matter what's being talked about around the world, no matter what new thinking, new thought, in this context, in Colossians, as, as the people are hearing a lot of different theories on creation and theories on, on happiness, theories on what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat, what's righteous and what's not righteous, the only hope we have to live eternally is through the gospel. Our whole life has to be rooted in this true gospel of Jesus because our whole entire life depends on it. So this week, I just urge you, lean into it. Let it lead you. You're looking for, if you're looking for a fire, if you're looking for something to ignite you through the week, you know, there's all kinds of cool videos on YouTube that can get you pumped up at 5 o'clock in the morning. The gospel has to drive us every single day. The truth of what Jesus did on the cross for us has to drive us every single day. So I want to pray for that now as we round out our time. Pray that the Lord shows you, affects your heart, opens your heart. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, that he blasts open the door and shows you how much he loves you, what he did for you, and how he calls you to live now. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Jesus. We, uh, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, God. As, as sinners, God, as people falling short constantly, we, Father, do not deserve the love you gave us, but you gave us anyway. Father, you gave us a free gift, a gift that we cannot earn, but out of your grace and your love for us, you offered up to us your only son for our sins and our mistakes for all eternity to live in righteousness with you through his blood. So, Father, I pray for us as a, as a church body tonight that you let that message, that as we, as we open up our quiet times this week, as we drive to work, as we listen to worship music, as we're dealing with our families, as we're, we're working alongside our coworkers, God, that that message right there pushes on us all week long. That what you did for us on the cross impacts our lives, gives us a firm, 
foundation, a firm faith in you. Father, that we see that without you, we are lost. Without your gospel, we have nothing. We are dead. We can only gain life through you, Father. Show us that this week and let it drive us as a church. Let, it, let that be the truth. Not anything I've said tonight. No amount of craftiness. No amount of, of, of emotion that can be brought up through worship, God. All those feelings, God. This is the truth right here. Feelings will fade. Father, this is what we lean into. In times when we're feeling like we're not enough. In times when we're feeling like we don't know where to turn. This is the truth. This is the hope. This is what drives us to live the way you call us to live, Lord. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you for everything you give us, everything you provided for us. We thank you for this place. We thank you for these people. We thank you for your word. And above all, Father, we thank you for giving your life, for shedding your blood for ours. We love you. It's in your name we pray.